that time of week when you let your mind wander into the unknown. Join me, Russ, and the rest of the Six Ghost Hunters team as we discuss everything paranormal. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms Facebook at Essex Ghost Hunters, Instagram at Essex Ghost Hunters, Twitter at ESX Ghost Hunters, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel Essex. Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of the EGH podcast with myself and my co-host Mr Downs. Good evening Russ. How are, How are we you? Doing? All good, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, thank you very much. Yes, um, bearing up. Um, things are getting lifted soon, 4th of July, Independence Day, yippee. It's very weird isn't it that saying, it's very, very <coughs> weird. Um, yeah, Americanized. In Leicester, we do apologise because oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you're not coming out and we can't, you can't go for a drink just yet, but we can. As of oh. Saturday, we can go for a drink. Um, but um, today's episode, guys, is a little bit over my head, to be a little bit fair. I've absolutely been really looking forward to this one because it feels like I am going to have a little bit of a lesson today. Um, I've, I'll poke my nose in, I'm, I'm sure, along the way. But um, we are going to be talking about the pyramids today. And are we, is there sort of a link between the pyramids and the paranormal world of energies, spiritualism? Who knows? But my co-host, Mr. Downs, I'm going to throw over to you straight away. And he's going to crack on. We've just given us a little breakdown of the pyramids. Is that right, Joe? Yep. Yep. Um, well, to start with, I want to really talk about the... Um the dimensions and the shape of the pyramid. The the thing is, the I'll tell a, a brief sort of introduction how I got interested in all this was when I watched a, um, a YouTube video on a guy from about 1980 that actually built a, um, a greenhouse in his garden with the dimensions of, well, not the dimensions similar to the Pyramid of Giza, which, as people will know, is in Egypt, but the angles and the sort of ratios between the um, the base and the height and that, the ratios were the same as the Sacred Pyramid in Giza. Now, this particular greenhouse, this guy built, he felt that by doing this, he could make the plants grow faster than normal plants. Um, so he built the greenhouse and he found that at different levels in the pyramid, like halfway up the height of the pyramid, he found that there were certain plants that could grow better than ones in the bottom of the pyramid and vice versa. Now, this compared to plants growing in a, in a normal greenhouse, which obviously is the shape of a house, um, the difference was like two and a half to three times different, three times the growth, three times the amount of um, produce from the plants, mainly because... It was difficult for him to, to to compare it because he he didn't have a greenhouse the same size as the pyramid because the pyramid was like literally the same size as his house it was massive but he managed to work out that there was sort of ratios of three three times the, the growth rate of say a tomato strawberry leeks etc 
Um, now, I know we're not on um, camera here, but Russell will see this if I show it to him. This is a pyramid that I built about three or four months ago. It's broken now because I dropped it earlier. <laughs> now, I've made several of these pyramids, Russ, and what I've done is I thought I'd do some of my own experiments. Now, what I've done is I had um, a couple of satsumas. I know that's a crazy fruit to, to pick, but why not? And I put a satsuma under one pyramid and the other one I put out in the open next to it. Also done the same with an apple. So I had two apples and two satsumas. And I left this for about 10 days. And the difference, I haven't got the photos here, but I've got them somewhere on my computer. The difference between the um, fruit that was under the pyramid and the fruit that was not under the pyramid was quite remarkable. The, the apple under the pyramid was like just like I'd left it there like 10 days ago. The other, the other one was like had the classic thing when you buy apples and you don't eat them, you know, the bruising and the blackness and the brownness and that. So that was one thing. I, that was one experiment I'd done. Um, the other experiment I'd done was I was growing, um, I got two avocado pips from individual avocados. I put them in a jug of water and the other one in a jug of water. And again, one in the pyramid and one outside the pyramid. Now, what was interesting was I thought the pyramid would make the avocado pit grow. Yes, Russ. Could I just ask a question? Let's say to the guys at home, Joey's showing me sort of like a, a wooden structured pyramid. Joe, can I just ask, was there anything wrapped around the pyramid? No, it's literally, as I showed you, yeah, sorry, I didn't describe it. It's basically to the listeners, it's a pyramid that's about um, 12 inches, um, 12 inches square, 12 inches high, and I'd say probably the perpendiculars are about 10 inches long. So it's basically the size of, what would you say, a hat, I suppose, a little bit bigger than a yeah. hat. Yeah. So this was placed over the top of these items, and I wanted to see if it actually made things grow or whether it done other things. And the interesting thing I found with the avocado pips is that rather than make the avocado pit grow, it actually preserved it. So there was uh, no plastic wrapped around that or anything. No. It was just that wood. And the the apple, was you, you just placed that, you know, see-through, transparent, no plastic over the apple. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, basically this wow. is this is basically um so what it is is you're creating a structure over the top of the item. So this, this consists of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sticks in in the shape of like a skeleton basically or frame, isn't it? It's like a frame. Yeah. So it's the frame of a pyramid. There's no cellophane, no foil, no nothing. So basically what we're trying to do is the actual shape of the pyramid is actually invoking some sort of energy, which is what I wanted to find out what was happening. But anyway, I've done all these different experiments. I've come to the conclusion that the pyramid was not only making things grow quicker, but it was also preserving them as well. But it depended on what you put inside the pyramid. Now, that's probably about as far as my experiments went to because there was other things going on in my life at the time. Um, and I'm absolutely um it's jaw dropped me to be fair because when we was talking about obviously when you first started we was talking about the greenhouse and you know that made a pyramid greenhouse and everything grew 
Um, yeah. that's what I thought you'd put over your apple, like a bit of a cling film around it. And no. you're saying that's just an, a, a wooden structure with eight, ten sticks or eight sticks over the and, top. And is the energy has caused something within that structure to not make the apple go mouldy, so to speak, exactly. like the other one did. Yeah. Wow. And the, and the thing is, I think at different levels in that pyramid, there are different effects happening, whether it's preservation or amplification of growth. Now, I haven't been able to do more experiments, and I've based my experiments on this book that I've been following, but I don't want to go into too much detail on that because I'm going to do a bit more experimentation, and then I'll, perhaps on a, on a future episode I'll give the results, and then I'll will refer to the book and give you the, the actual name of the book. Um, so I want to I want to do something on a bigger scale. I actually want to build my own pyramid outside, and I want to I want to be able to um, do something similar. But also, I've actually um, purchased a pyramid from a guy in Australia who's also interested in this pyramid's energy. Um, I've actually purchased from him um, the actual cornerstone. So if you look, if you look at a pyramid, it's got four corners and it's got the point at the, at the top, the apex. So it's actually got five points. Now, I've actually purchased these five points from the guy in Australia for $100. Now, the reason they're expensive is because they're made out of resin. And what you do is you buy copper, aluminium, or some sort of um, inorganic metal to form the pyramid using them corner blocks that I bought from the guy. And I'm going to actually create a pyramid to meditate under. Now, I actually believe myself that I'm also going to create this is a future a future um, plan I've got, a healing um, zone within the pyramid. I actually believe that, that people will be able to go in that pyramid and get healed. But this is something that I'm working on. I haven't really told you or Simon or anyone else about it. I'm gobsmacked. Honestly, I'm uh, because I'm a gardener. Well, my previous job was a gardener. So when you sort of use the greenhouse effect, I thought, mm. well, yeah, you know, I can understand... But when you said there was no covering around that pyramid, mm. straight away, my mind went, can we make one to sit in? That was yeah. where my mind went straight away. Um, yeah. Because. That's what I'm trying. That's I, what I'm actually going to build. It will be I, roughly I'm, I'm, two metres away. I'm, I'm absolutely. I don't, guys, honestly, my face. I don't know if Joe, I'm gobsmacked. Because I was not expecting this this sort of conversation. I'm 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 absolutely blown away with it. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't sort of before before this before this podcast explain to you what I was going to do, but this is what I wanted to co cover first to, to sort of explain that the actual sides of the pyramid, then angles, some somehow invoke some sort of um, universal energy change that is very inexplicable it's you know a lot of people try to explain what's actually going on but it's it's just amazing it's a bit like similar to the organite stuff that we was dealing with and they come in pyramid shapes, <laughs> they come in pyramid shapes. it's absolutely I'm, I'm i'm flabbergasted because you know when we're saying the universal energy you say that's when you know reiki healers Mm. You know, that's what we're told to sort of channel our energy from. Mm. So to sit someone in a pyramid 
and then ask for healing, I can a hundred percent say that will work. Because and also it will definitely I've researched it. And also I would also like to say that if I or not if when I actually build this pyramid, when I sit in it and when I let you not let you, but when I invite you to come and sit in that pyramid, I think you'll be blown away by the meditation that you'll get. Because I would like it'll, to try. Be like, it'll be like you've been connected to the universe in a bigger way that you've ever been connected to the universe. I'd, I'd like to try everything spiritual within that within that chamber. Well, I don't want to call it a chamber. That's the wrong sort of word. But within that space, within, the, within that space, because space. If that is heightening, you know, if it's keeping an apple from not going mouldy, yeah, from from nothing, and I mean, there's nothing there that if you'd put, obviously, if you'd put a, you know, plastic around it, there would be sort of a case to argue, wouldn't there? That it was the the plastic keeping the heat in and yeah, blah blah blah. But or it's the not, effect that you said earlier as well. Yeah, and I'm thinking, well. It, it, it can't happen. There's there's nothing that can contain the energy, so to speak. There's nothing there that can, can for, for you to put an apple in there. If, from an outsider looking in, there's nothing can, can, like can, you can't. If you put you can put your hand through it, all directions, pick it up, take it out, whatever. Mm. Uh, so there's nothing being contained in there. So how I suppose I'm seeing it in my head is that the energy is being drawn to the point. Yes. And then coming down the four sides, then up underneath it, so to speak. And, oh, like then and it creates, the, the thing is, I think it creates vortexes of positive energy. And these vortexes of po positive energy have got different ap amplification points within that space under the pyramid. So there are different levels. Like I said to you earlier, the guy that built the greenhouse, he found that certain things would grow halfway up the pyramid because it, it was such a big greenhouse he created a first floor and on that first floor he grew certain vegetables that worked really well there but they didn't work well on the ground so there is there is actually different energy points within that pyramid where healing would be amplified or or growth would be amplified or preservation would be amplified um so i've got i've got um, big plans for healing um meditation um what was the other thing i was going to mention but the there's a lot of stuff that I want to do. I just haven't had, I've just haven't got round to it. I've done a bit of preliminary um, sketches and stuff like that. But the copper pyramid, I've bought the copper. I bought that just before lockdown, but I haven't actually done it yet, as you know. Um, but when I do it, um, I expect great things. Um, one thing that has been holding me back is obviously you need the room. So it's like two metres by two metres by yeah. two metres. It's an eight metre square, so it's quite big. Um, so I'm going to have to probably take one one of the beds down from my two bedroom house <laughs> but that's one thing i've got to do um that's amazing it's can i just you know yes. I, I sort of sort of would try you know it's very i do get a very spiritual vibe from it yes um, could i'm just going to say you know in, in a theoretic world do you know where you're talking about the levels of energy yes. going up could there be the levels of your chakra energies going up? Because, like, you know, we talk about our root chakra and the apple was in on the lower deck. Yes. It was very root-orientated, wasn't it? Yeah. Lower down. Yeah. So the higher, you, 
was to stand in that pyramid for your say if you could stand in that pyramid the higher you stand in that pyramid you would if you stood up to to the point i would assume you'd probably get a bit of a fuzzy head and a bit of a sort of light-headed moment before yeah. you sort of I, can't practically, I can't practically say yes or no until i've actually built it but i do believe that's probably the way it's going to go wow and, wow um, not expecting this guys i really wasn't it's actually blown me away and <laughs> I, I just you, you've got to hurry up and build this you know that don't you i know i do but i mean you know what i think about science and science science people i don't like scientific people um that bbc guy that goes on about science and black holes and all that i don't like him at all the youngster i can't remember his name now um but the funny thing is, is with this, there is a, there is a bit of science to it. When I, but when I say science, it's more mathematical. Basically, if you divide the um, base, the, the actual circumference of the base of the pyramid by the height, it comes to exactly two times pi. I know you're not into maths like I'm not into maths. But you know what pi is, 3.14 roughly, which is like the, something to do with finding the area of a circle or something, basically, I remember in maths. But that 2 pi, that ratio of 2 pi between the perimeter of the base and the height, that ratio apparently is used in all of humanity. Um, a good example is, I don't, know if you I don't know if you remember the program World in Action. At the beginning of the World in Action, there was a picture of Christ. Yeah, with different arms at different... Out and his legs apart. Yeah. Well, if you looked up in an encyclopedia, that picture was taken from a sketch done by Leonardo da Vinci, as you as you probably know, was a fa fantastic um, Italian scholar and painter. He was a fantastic person all round. But his main thing was mathematics, and he actually discovered this ratio, and he he could see that the um, the creation of man in that shape of arms splayed out and legs splayed out, that ratio was exactly two pi as well. Wow. Which, which blew me away when I read all these different things. There are other examples within the star constellations as well where two pi comes into effect. And the thing is, it's it's a ratio that you can't get away from. It's actually there. You can't, you can't sort of debunk it or say something against it because it's there. What can you say? Um, but basically... I was going to go on to after after sort of doing the basics of the pyramid um, onto the pyramids of Giza, which most of the listeners probably know are the, the pyramids in, in Egypt, which has obviously got the main one with, I think it's two or three other pyramids. Now, again, the ratio of that large pyramid is two pi. Um, now, the, what was interesting to me over the years, because I don't know if you've done um, the pyramids in history at school I did, probably in junior school and senior school, was that um, we was all told that it was built two or 3,000 years before Christ and that it was built just to bury one king. Now, I've believed that for years because that's what I was told in history. But since um, doing this research on pyramids, which I was, I was obviously... You know, you don't stumble on these things. I was actually drawn to do this. I knew that. I was drawn to actually get into this pyramidal um, stuff, probably to build this healing pyramid. But when I was doing the, the history and, and the sort of aspects of pyramids, I found that 
I was swayed towards them not being built two and a half thousand years before Christ. And I, uh, and when I researched into it more, it was more shown that it was 25,000 years before Christ. And, and what history has been trying to tell us basically is a big lie because we've always been led to believe that them massive blocks were put into place with big big poles, weren't it, or big tree trunks with lots of men. I don't know how that could physically be possible, my brother. No, no, I, I can't. And the thing is, when I was actually being told this in history, you, you just swallowed it because basically everything you learned at school, you just you just had to accept that it was as is. But well, now, it's easier for the, the human brain to function if you say humans built them the pyramids that's yes. you know i think we in a, in a strange sort of way you can get your you can get your mind around some you know 600 people pulling down on a pole lifting a brick up but, lifting a brick up but what what's the size of brick well i i had the idea of a, of a car sized brick and that would be i don't know 10 tons or something like that these br- these blocks were 80 tons exactly exactly but I don't think we was ever told though that, like that's what I'm saying. We we I'm with you a hundred percent. Where we're going with this, I you know, I can I can see where we're sort of going with this already. Um because I don't I don't think humans built the pyramids. That's as simple as it gets. Um but I think for the, the benefit of when we're taught at school, I think we need that 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 comfort a little bit do you know what i mean i think it's a little bit too deep for a lower level to say you know extraterrestrials or aliens built the the pyramids or they had help with humans um a bit like the u.s government now announcing that roswell happened and that all them ufos we keep seeing we know about you know it's like if they suddenly told us it's all real people wouldn't be able to accept it I don't know if they they could even physically lift eighty ton now. No, if the cranes, you know, so with modern technology to that point. So how on earth does a teacher in history try and tell us that that lots of men and, and some and some tree trunks lifted up eighty ton logs? Now, this is nothing. This is nothing, Russ, because not only that, um, they reckon that it was constructed in twenty years. And if you do if you do the maths, I know you wouldn't do it, and I probably wouldn't do it either. But I've, I have I have had to look into the maths to make sure these numbers are right. Well, it's worked out that if it was constructed in twenty years, that would mean moving eight hundred tons eight hundred tons of stone blocks per day. Is that physically impossible? Well, even if you could do it with. The technology today, you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't even probably do 100 tonnes of stone in a day. I, to be fair, I didn't know the weight of one, you know, the 80, 80 tonnes was one stone, yeah? Is that... 80 tonnes. The whole... Oh, the, I didn't know that. The whole, um, pyramid, the whole pyramid weighs 5,955,000 tonnes. Well, human, that, you know, throw figures like that, if... if if people believe that humans made that in we i don't think we could make that today i know well, like you've got the burj khalifa but it's made out of steel you know it's easier to you know throw up and 
there's no comparison. Yeah, you, you, you can physically see how that was made. You know, it's thin, thin mm. stills that they can just lift up one end with a crane and place down and keep building on top. Yeah. But we're talking about 80 tons worth of stone. It's and fun. what we see in the pictures is loads of logs underneath that stone being pushed. Yeah. yeah. Now, you're, 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 Stone would crush that to yeah. an absolute pulp. I know, and I know when you sort of smell a little bit, little bit of bullshit. If you part my French, when you're told facts and that, well, this is massive, isn't it? It's such a massive lie, and and I do believe, well, not believe that's the wrong word. I do know that this was not built by humans. I do believe that humans were involved. Yes as slaves, and I believe that they were slaves, and I believe that extraterrestrials created these pyramids, and they created them as communication devices, intergalactic communication devices. And this all goes down to the energy. You know, we were talking about the energy in the pyramid earlier. Yeah. They, are, they also worked out the way that they could align these pyramids in a certain direction to line up with other things within the universe. Well, allegedly there's some on, on Mars. I have seen photos of the ones on Mars. I don't know if you have. I have Apparently, I haven't, no, I haven't. these are like communication devices and they are powerful to sort of communicate over ridiculously vast amounts of space. But going back to the, the numbers again, so... In 20 years, they would have to have moved 800 tonnes of stone a day, which is 5.9 million tonnes in 20 years. So that would also mean that after 12, they'd have to cut 12 blocks from, from the quarry. Now, that's another thing. When these blocks were pushed into place, you could not get a, a, a piece of paper between the rocks. It's something like a quarter of one millimetre is the gap. And I'm not talking about now and again along the line of a block. I'm talking about for the full length of the block, you can hardly get a piece of A4 paper between the two. Now, even with the technology these days, you couldn't get any accuracy like that, could you? So it's been alleged, which I believe is true, and not only alleged, it's been remote viewed. Do you, do you know about remote viewing? Um, this is another episode coming probably for podcast. Right, okay. It's where you you actually go into sort of like um, a meditative back. Yeah, you can you can yeah. do any you can go backwards, forwards in, in time anywhere in the universe. Uh, basically, it's been remote viewed, and basically, it's been it's been sort of um, stated that what was happening was the extraterrestrials were cutting these stones with a very powerful plasma plasma type laser. Um, I don't know obviously exactly what it is, but this is the description that I've been told. Um, I know this all sounds a bit crazy to the people listening to this, but it doesn't sound as crazy to some of the historical things that we've been told to swallow, um, like moving 80 tons with a piece of, you know, an old tree trunk and things like this. Well, my mind has just wandered, okay? I, I listened to what you said. But when you, I can't, I've got, I'm sorry, Joe, I've got to go back to the 80 ton brick. Yeah. I, you know, what we see in the photos and, you know, in the history books, so to speak, you've got obviously logs being jammed underneath and pulled Broke, down. Broke there, is, 
no way that I don't know how many logs that would take. I know wood is strong. In a log form, it is strong. And if they used a certain type of log or wood, you know, like a hard wood that, you know, would... Even if you put two, two, three mm. underneath that, you're not lifting 80 tonne. No, I mean some of the some of the diagrams. If you if the, uh, the listeners want to look at in some of the encyclopedias, there are diagrams where you've you've got like um, four actually four uh, logs forming like a like a pyramid shape actually, and then in the centre of the of the of the point, there's a pulley pulley and block system. Now you probably know as much as I do. Pulley and block systems are amazing. You can literally pull um, a pulley and block system like very gently. Um, bit like bell ring in a church and you can lift up massive weights but they move up very very slowly like quarter of an inch you know you're pulling like mad and these weights lift up by quarter of an inch every sort of 10 seconds which is quite a long time really so it could potentially take you ages just to lift something like a foot or to a meter high but the, the problem is it still doesn't sort of explain how they can lift 80 tons that's equivalent to about 40 cars 40 cars compressed into a block. Um, I don't think I wrote down the, the actual size of the blocks, but they are, they are quite big. They're sort of like two metres by, no, about one meter, one and a half metre by two metres. Can I just, you know, when you just spoke about the, you know, you see the pyramid shape in the pulley and the block, mm. what's to say the energy that is inside that, triangle isn't helping that lift i said we've, we've spoke about we've spoke about the energy with inside yeah. that triangle that helps you know with the apple and things like that is there a possibility that no. something with inside that that triangle shape is helping because no. it's got an energy there isn't it no because help because as i say i've been i've been reading this book on pyramids by uh flanagan i think his name is surname and um basically he's done loads of experiments different things like that if it affects the actual mass or gravity gravity within the pyramid and he has concluded that the only effects within the pyramid are things like um healing and basically it turns negative into positive like if you've got something like a, a cancer or an illness something within the pyramid will reset it to how it's supposed to be um a bit like um like bruising an apple potentially it could unbruise the apple i don't know i haven't done that experiment but one he done very he done loads of experiments and the conclusion he came to is that the pyramid can preserve amplify and um amplify growth preserve and potentially heal but it doesn't actually have an effect on the gravity gravity or the mass of an object i just think it was just a it was just a coincidence that they was using the logs in such a way that they had to do that so that they could get the pulley set up to lift the lift the blocks up but the point i was going to make was um this was just something historical that was told to us you know in in history was told to us the reason how these blocks were lifted and it just it's just ridiculous because not only is the weight you know, too incredible. Imagine how, how are you supposed to slot um, a rock, a, a sort of a square block of stone into place 
with paper-thin accuracy, the gaps of like quarter of a millimetre, with a dirty great rope wrapped around the stone, it's just not possible. So that gets me on to the other thing that was remote viewed, how it was done. And basically they used a sonic machine. They actually used sound. See, I, I thought there was, when I, when I watched this um, thing about the remote viewing on the pyramids, I thought that was going to go down the route of magnetism to move these, these rocks into position. But it's basically lifted about a foot above the ground using sound. Um, the sound didn't damage the um, extraterrestrials or the humans, but the sound actually created like a, an invisible cushion above the rock. And the actual human workers could actually move this around as if this rock was on wheels. They could literally gently move it into position, make sure it was fit, fitting okay, ease it in, and then go on to the next, onto the next um, stone. So, you know, this just probably sounds a bit wacky to the people um, listening, but, I mean, I've done a, a lot of research on it. And you know as much as I do that I do try and sort of um, debunk some of the stuff I do read and see. And um, I've come to the conclusion that this is not as far out as the, as, as the stuff that I've been, you know, taught over the years at school. Um, another crazy um, number I need to give you is that the actual base of the pyramid is 36. This is, a, this is really crazy. The actual base of the pyramid, the perimeter, is 36,524.24 feet. Now, that is exactly one year if you divide the year into days there are 365.24 days in a year it exactly matches the measurement of the perimeter of the of the base of the pyramid exactly um what was the other crazy thing oh the temperature within the Giza pyramid is 68 degrees fahrenheit which is roughly in celsius about uh, 16 17 degrees now that is constant it doesn't matter what temperature it is outside in egypt in that hot sun the temperature is always 68 degrees fahrenheit it's, it's madness because it's like the effects of the pyramid in fact that is one experiment i haven't done yet what i need to do is build when i build my pyramid the temperature inside that pyramid should be 68 degrees fahrenheit the only difference i would say is with the the pyramids that obviously in you know in egypt they are closed sides aren't they they are but it, it seems to me that it doesn't make any difference what the temperature is outside because in egypt you've still got a variation in external temperature but that 68 degrees doesn't change it's a big it's a, you've got to think that's a thick old i'm just playing devil's advocate here God, because I, I i'm but what's going to go your way is if I, if I do it and it is 68 degrees i'm draw dropped as it is yeah. You know, I don't think you can take me anywhere, you know, to be fair, I've, I've just sat and listened and everything I've tried to, you know, the, I say it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter how they got the blocks into place, mm. but it's what I kind of can, can absolutely concur with that it wasn't done just by humans. Wasn't done by just by humans. It, it You know, if it was done by, you know, flying saucers lifting them up or sonic vibrations or sound or any any way which whatever the my take on is how they got it into place 
doesn't take away the fact that I know and my gut feel says that there is no way that humans were the only people that put the pyramids up. The only I, I think it's possible. The only beings involved, yeah. Um, you know, I'll go a little, I'm not going a little bit crazy. I'm, I'm telling you the truth, basically, what I know. And um, But it will sound crazy to listeners and probably yourself is that not only was the ETs um, controlling the humans, using them as slaves, but they was also using robots, yeah. little little ETs, uh, robotic ones, because they needed to have um, – so humans haven't got the ability to deal with the adverse things going on in that quarry. You imagine in that quarry you've already got temperatures of like, I don't know, um, if you're talking Fahrenheit, 120 degrees Fahrenheit in, in Egypt, isn't it? Or probably hotter than that. Not only that, you're using these plasma um, beams to cut the rocks. You know, humans can't deal with these sort of conditions, so they had to sort of genetically engineer um, some robots to be able to get involved with this. I know, as I'm saying, I'm thinking, Joe, you're sounding crazy, but you know, I've, I've, I've spent uh, many months um, researching this. And um, as you know, I do research a lot. Um, another fact I want to tell you is that the pyramids, all them three pyramids in Giza, actually align perfectly with True North. In other words, if you could cut a line between one side of the pyramid and the other, they all line up with North exactly. Um, it's just, there's just so many facts. I haven't listed all the facts. There are so many facts that... You, you could argue a coincidences, but they, they just can't be. Another fact, um, when you think of the length of the width, the width of one side is 9,131 feet. Imagine that, 9,000 feet. That's 3,000 yards. That's about two and a half. That's a, that's a, that's a quite a long while. <laughs> I've run out of my mathematical brains left. There's quite a long um, width, right? Now, imagine... Over that distance, keeping the actual pyramid level, it's out of level by half an inch over all that distance. It's just crazy. There's no way you could build something like this these days without technology. And we're expected to believe that this was done during, I think it was 2,500 years BC, when we was barely allegedly, um, I don't know, we certainly didn't have the wheel. Um, we certainly allegedly didn't have the will. I just think we've been basically told a lot, a lot of lies about our history, and, and this is one of the things. This is only one thing. Um, you, just, I just, I just question you on the lie side of things. Do you believe it's an actual lie, or do you just think it's someone that has written the history? You know, for a a brain to adapt to, because. You know, I, I I do I do believe in a sort of a Chinese whispers feel. I think something that was written down, you know, twenty five thousand years before Christ to now, it, if it was, you know, transcribed all the way through, there's going to be lost translation somewhere. Mm. Um, and I believe that with the Bible and you know other you know just Chinese whispers in general. So do you know? Is it got to a point where someone probably could have? wrote down the correct way of how these pyramids was built but then when we've got through time coming through time 
the human psyche has become more more pronounced. I think well, we can't tell people that. That's something we can't tell people. So we've just got to cover that up a little bit. And that does become a lie. But I don't know why it's been it's been hidden. I don't know why a lot of things have been hidden, Russ. I don't know. I don't know why they've been hiding the fact that we've been visited by UFOs. I mean, I don't know if, if, if you follow the UFO scene much in the last one, well, the last sort of couple of months I've been following it, and the UFO sightings have got so clear now and so frequent. Have you been monitoring them at all? Um, I say I, I do pay attention to sort of. I know that one thing that I have noticed that Sky News, the app, have been reporting on them more, especially yeah. the United States side of it, because I know he released documents recently regarding ufos or you know un- unidentified flying objects um who's he trump yeah mr trump yeah, yeah. Which, or his government or yeah. whoever's released them he's he's give the okay too um is it because is it because we're at this time that everyone's worried about the situation with this virus going around that you could release them documents and they could just slide underneath the wayside yeah because people- they're it's all COVID. Yeah. yeah. People are more worried about the, the COVID-19 situation than, mm. uh, you know, so it gives it gives the governments around the world that, that chance to introduce that little seed into the back of your brain. Mm. You know, as much as, you, you know, if someone's, you know, if the government come out now, everything stopped and, we, you know, the telly stopped and it was a major broadcast. The aliens are coming. It's There's too a- direct. It would, it, we would all panic, probably mm. myself, because I don't know how my brain would work. Mm. You, you'd be thinking, well, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to take this. Um, a little bit like what's going on now in the situation. You know, your brain goes, well, how are you taking this? You know, would, it's totally different from how we normally live. But it's what they're doing. It feels like in times of crisis in the world, they introduce these little snippets of information like you know we can say well the sightings of ufos have gone up by sort of maybe 10 percent or over the as much as that won't scare people because obviously they're worried about another sort of thing but it also goes into their brain ready for that next little bit of seed to be added Mm. we get the exact version of events i don't Mm. know if that makes sense to you well well i I believe the rock well we're going off subject a little bit here but I just want to say that I do believe Roswell actually happened. I do believe um, that they reverse engineered some of the stuff, and I do believe um, we are um, we have got a relationship with a certain number of the ETs, which we'll go on to another podcast later on. Um, the reptilians, I think that we've got a relationship with them, especially the US have at these secret bases, and I feel that. They just, they've gone so far with, for example, the Roswell thing that if they'd have sort of come clean then, I think the public, the general public could have dealt with it quite, quite not easily, but easier. But now they've gone so far now and done so much. I do believe that we've been to Mars and the dark side, the moon as well. Um, lo- lots of things that we don't know. I think there is a secret space program, another subject later on. Um, but I just believe that if they'd done it now, I think people would be so blown away 
they'd panic and it, and you'd get a situation a bit like HG Wells War of the Worlds in 1950 in America when they'd done that fake radio broadcast, didn't they, that the aliens were invading and people had only just turned on their radios. They didn't see, they didn't hear the introduction at the beginning saying this was a, a um, radio play and people allegedly committed suicide and done all sorts of crazy things, didn't they, when they heard the broadcast. And I think something similar would probably happen now if they announced all these things. And, and one of these things is the introduction of ETs into our human psyche. Can we cope with it? I can. You probably could because we've been we've been reading this for years, this sort of stuff, and, and I sort of believe it's been happening all the time. But for people out there, like my mum and dad and that, I don't think they could cope with it all. No, I don't think. I don't think a lot of people could cope with it. Um, and I say, let's take it back to the, the, the pyramid side of things. And uh, is it that they, they they had help? And if it was the extraterrestrials, which it you know it has to be a different life form, mm. what how we see it? Do they live amongst us or not? Who knows? And I we see blood and all that, and but that's not everybody. Um, are they still? You know, have they always been here? Have the ETs always been here? The aliens always been here? Um, I do believe they they do come and visit, but the, the I think the reptilians are here and living in some of the mountains. I haven't got the names of the mountains um, in front of me, but I've done research on that. And there are some well-known spots where they allegedly think that these reptilians exist. And also groups of them are um, staying in these um, secret air bases in america in nevada desert and in um arizona um that are actually colluding with our government and this goes down to lots of other things we can go into loads of subjects like um human and animal mutilations it all sort of this is another sort of um, spin-off of this conversation there's so many things i could talk about um for hours that sort of all link into the same sort of thing but going back to the pyramids again which this is podcast is about um i don't know why it's been lied about um someone has deliberately lied about it um let's face it with all the technology these days they can carbon date amazing things actually down to like 10 years they can go back like twenty thousand years and carbon date like a dead animal that's been found in antarctica that's been buried under the ice they can they can carbon date trees that have been felled in the amazon forest like ten thousand years ago so they often, they know exactly when the pyramids in Giza were built and they knew that there's no way the technology these days, let alone them days, was anywhere near the technology needed to build such an accurate building with so many different crazy alignments and sort of relationships with the sacred ratio that I mentioned earlier of 2 pi. It's just out of this world, as they say. I'm... I'm... I've sat, I've sat here in things that have oh, I, I've learned today. Um, things that I suppose I've always sort of believed in, but now it's just getting backed up with sort of, you know, we can call it evidence, so to speak, um, mm. of these, you know, different people around the world that are, you know, are circulating this. And the the thing that has blown my mind away is. Uh, it's unfortunately guys you don't see it but when joe showed me the wooden structure of his pyramid 
Mm. Uh, I generally thought that there was something wrapped around it when he put the apple in it, mm. but there wasn't. And that I, I don't think I can stop my my brain from working on that. Um, I think what I, need to, what I need to really point out with that is it's not really the fact that it's not covered in anything. It's it's all about the angles and the the actual length. See, as I said to you, the the as the listeners are listening, I'm just holding the pyramid up for Russell to see. Um, basically, this frame of I've made it out of wood and like toffee apple sticks, I'd call them. Um, if you imagine toffee apple sticks, it's made out of eight toffee apple sticks. Now, the angles that I've, I've fitted, fitted these at are perfect angles of, I can't remember the, the actual angle, but it's something like about 48 degrees, I think it is. It's just, just, just shy of um, 45 degrees. Um, the the actual lengths of the of the angles and the lengths of the of the um, base they've got to be within a millimeter tolerance. Otherwise, the effect that I try to create with the preservation and amplification won't happen. It's all about the mathematics. It's the actual lengths and it's the angles and it's the right. Well, the the key thing is the ratio that I t- talked about earlier. Leonardo da Vinci called it the golden golden ratio of two pi, and that is the key thing, and that is the key thing to a lot of things in the universe. Um, I, I can't remember all the different things in the universe that use two pi as a, as a sort of um, a basic structure, but the pyramids definitely use it, and 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 the ratio between, like I said to you earlier, with the world in action symbol, the ratio between. Uh, um, a sort of a crucified man, not crucified, what's the word? A man in the shape of a star, the dimensions are two pi again. If you measure between the outstretched hands and the outstretched feet and the head. But um, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. I need to go into it more, into into more detail with it all because I need to sort of um, understand what's going on inside that frame because it is it is crazy to think that. And, and also another thing that I did, I have forgotten to say is that um, someone has actually hung a quartz crystal in the apex of the pyramid. Um, and that I need to look into because that's quite dangerous. Is is It's that dangerous that if it's done incorrectly, you could actually, it would be like um, being struck by lightning, basically, I reckon, head on. And um, I need to look into that because I do want to put a, a crystal on the apex of my one. Um, that's all I can really say about it. <laughs> I'm, I say, guys, I think this has been one of my, I might probably say it every week because, I, I, but this has been, I've been trying to get Joe to do this for a couple of weeks with us, but things have, you know, come up that we haven't, but, you know, this is this one has forced our hand into doing it. Um, I'm gobsmacked. I'm gobsmacked. It's been my favourite podcast of every single one I've done because I'm I'm just dumbfounded with it all. Even though in my head that I've always sort of believed that the the pyramids was never, ever done by human. But now there's a few little facts in there that you've thrown that, you know, the the 80-tonne brick or block, it's not a brick, is it? It's an 80-tonne piece of stone. Granite. It's like, come on, guys. Um, mm. Let's think about this logically. 
you know, let's go and, you know, let, I'd love to go and try and get 80 tons worth of something and try and lift it with a, with a stick. Or in comparison, uh, if you, if you had an 80 ton block and you, and you dropped it onto like a, a Fiat 500, it would probably reduce the Fiat 500 to probably about an inch high. Yes. I, I, I'd, I'd agree. It's an incredible weight. Um, I absolutely agree. You talk about two sort of, two sort of juggernaut size. Um, if, if you imagine two articulated lorries, they're like forty tons. It's like two of them compacted into two two meters by one and a half meters. It's like it's an awful lot of weight. But um, yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, the reason I did I've been putting it off a bit is because I wanted to get all the facts together. I knew a lot about what I've been doing with the experiments and that, but I didn't really know all the facts of the Giza pyramids. But I needed to sort of use them um, as a sort of a benchmark um, to compare, sort of thing. And one last thing I wanted to mention, which I which was which is quite interesting. And I think people should sort of do a bit of research, like I have. Um, into the facts because don't just take my word for it but another thing that was interesting that i read was that um the guards the guards that sort of look after the pyramids at giza um what they tend to do is they make sure that people don't go in there at night and early hours in the morning before the tourists go around there now i was i've read that there's a certain couple of days of the week where the guards um, shut the pyramid and they have to go around all the chambers within the pyramid and they have to go basically with a bin and they have to pick up all the dead animals um, that stray in there at night and in the early hours of the morning, like I know, rats and birds and all sorts of animals. And the interesting thing that was noted in the book was that um, these animals that they find, some of them have been there for days and days. And you imagine the heat in um, Egypt. Um, because of the preservation qualities of the pyramid these animals are totally intact they're mum mummified they come out exactly um like a mummified mummy but in the shape of a, a rat or a bird or something like that so basically this is this is a thing that the guards have to do twice a week i think i read has to happen and um this proves for a fact that there is some sort of crazy energy within these pyramids to create that 68 degrees Fahrenheit and and to pre preserve things that die in there. It's, it is, it's actually mind boggling is the actual, you know, the, the word, I'd, the words that I'd use for that because it is, it's right. It is something that is very, very odd. Will we ever find the answers? Probably not. We probably well, won't know, but I think they are the answers, and I think we've we've been told a big lie. And the biggest question for me is not how it was built and why it was built. The biggest question for me is why why are we being told lies? I don't know. Who is why are we? But we I think we're we're spoon fed a lot of garbage from our world leaders and our governments and the hidden world leaders, so to speak. Is it something that the extraterrestrials? are trying to guard against who knows that's a good that's a good point you know is it something that we're you know we're not perhaps our perhaps our brains can't cope with it and if we're told you know mm. for you know hollywood's thing we all our minds explode mm. um you know perhaps our you know our brain waves can't comprehend what is going on mm. but on that note guys this is the end of this week's podcast there was a lot more that 
I really wanted to go into, but we're going to have to do another part on it because obviously we've got to go inside the pyramids because there's a lot of, what do they call them, hieroglyphics that link to different outsides. So maybe next week um, we'll link into, we'll carry on this this feature and go with the inside. But if not, it'll be another couple of weeks' time. Okay, guys? So once again, I would like to thank you, Mr Downs. Yeah, good evening, Russ, and good evening to the listeners. And um, I know I was a little bit disjointed now and again, but um, you know I need to have a lot of facts and stuff. Don't worry about that whatsoever. It was an absolutely brilliant podcast. It really was. Um, once again, guys, if you do want to ask any questions, info at Essex Ghost Hunters, info at essexghosthunters.co.uk. So I hope to see you all again next week. Well, I see you. I say that every week, but I can't. I hope to. I hope you listen to me again next week. I think I should say, shouldn't I? That's it. So that's because we can see each other. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Take care, guys, and thank you ever so much for listening. Bye.